Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, welcome everyone. We have another special guest on a podcast. It's episode number 54. We have Mr. Scott Ball joining us. Scott, how are you? Good, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well, considering the times, it's it's a crazy time, of course, but I appreciate you taking the time to to join. I know it's been hectic and busy for you, like like many, a lot of changes and, and disruptions in the industries, but I uh, wanted to first dive in here with a little background on yourself. For those that in poker, a lot of you know that you are the you know creator, catalyst for Twitch Poker, which we'll talk about. You have an agency now, but tell us a little bit about yourself and the early days of Scott Ball, how you kind of got into poker your background with poker and uh, even before that, I think some wrestling and whatnot. Let us uh, dive us into the, the deep days. Yeah. Give us a little rundown. My life in a recap has been really yeah. weird. So uh, I started wrestling when I was really young, like four or five years old. Um, wrestled until I was 18. Um, college was not for me. Uh, I wasn't mature enough, like remotely mature enough to, to cut it at a, a university. Um, so I stopped doing that. I fought for a while. Um, I ended up getting sick and I was diagnosed with epilepsy. Uh, when, when that happened, I ended up, uh, not really knowing what to do, man. Like I had wrestled since my, my first memory. I'm not joking. is a wrestling match. And my first memory is like my first match. I won and my dad just being so freaking proud. <laughs> so awesome. I, got, I got like the dopest, like little like dollar breakfast burrito from the snack card immediately following my win. They gave me a stomach ache and I just got dominated in my next two matches, but I was so pumped. I won one match. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's good. It's nice to have that positive reinforcement and yeah, I mean, sports as a kid and doing, doing competitive stuff. So I can, re- I get it. That's awesome. So you were doing wrestling for yeah. how long was that? Uh, 14. Well, I mean, if you count my fighting years, like 17 years, 18 years or so. Wow. Um, so I didn't want to do college. So I started fighting for a while. I ended up having a, a, a few bad experiences over like a two week period getting diagnosed with epilepsy. Um, when that happened, I like didn't know what to do. I kind of like felt dead inside to be totally honest because I just didn't know what I could do if I couldn't compete. I didn't know how to do anything but be an athlete at the time, which is funny because now I'm obviously quite the stellar athlete. I'm in peak physical condition at 33. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I got into video games and poker. Um, and just real I, quick before we dive in, I'm sorry. Could you could you explain? Because I've heard the term epilepsy. I'm I'm relatively familiar. What is that exactly? What what does that do? And what is what is um is that something that is they're able to? Is there different stages or, or degrees of that? Or what what exactly did that do to to not allow you to compete? Or, or how did that impact you? Sure. Well, when I was fighting, it was professional enough to where there was like like athletic commissions. Wherever I fought, it was sanctioned events. Mm. So I'd be medically cleared to fight by a doctor that worked for California State Athletic Commission, Nevada, whoever, wherever it was in the world. And uh, when epilepsy is like a, it's actually like sound. It's 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 probably one of the most common misunderstood conditions. So it just means you have seizures. There's hundreds of kinds of seizures. Right. All of which are different, but doctors treat them all the exact same way because they don't know enough about them. Okay. So as soon as you have a seizure, you lose your driver's license when you go to the doctor. You're put on disability. Um, you, like they change your whole life immediately. So if you were, if it, I'm healthy right now, but if I were to call the doctor tomorrow, be like, "Hey, I had a seizure yesterday. My license is gone for a minimum of six months in California." Oh, so if you have one, if you have a seizure, they take for six months. You're not allowed to drive. 
Yeah, which which creates this really weird dynamic if people don't want to tell doctors about it. Yeah, of course. Because if you're an adult, like, and you have responsibilities, you have to meet your responsibilities. If you tell your doctor you're sick, and all of a sudden you're making nine hundred dollars a month because you're sick, right? You're, you're just screwed. Um, wow, interesting. Yeah, it's so, very, very. So epilepsy means you have seizures, but okay. there's hundreds of kinds of seizures. So I had a few different kinds. One of the kinds is called grandma, which is like where your whole body shakes and they're kind of ugly looking. Um, I have different things that they, different kinds of pseudo seizures that they would call them. And this is going to make me sound really weird, but, uh, one of them, it's the only way I can describe it. It's almost like you can see air and you see shapes. So like, it'll, it's like, you can see it. I totally space out, lose sight of any conversation that's happening. Don't remember what the conversation is happening. Nothing happens to my body, but it's like, I can see like circles or triangles or like stars, like, like kind of in the sky, almost like in the, mm-hmm. in the air in front of me in the room. Um, then there's other seizures where you can be talking to someone that I've had in the past where I'm having a conversation with you. And all of a sudden I'm just like blank out and just stare at you for like 20, 30 seconds. And you're like, Hey, uh, you going to respond to me? What's up, man? Hey, you there? And I'm like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Um, so there's different, different kinds of seizures and they treat them all the same way. And Which, you, you had a, you've had, so you've had a variety of them. You've had, you've had several different types or different, inter, different, a few different types. types. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and right now I'm totally good though, under control. Um, I had to make some serious lifestyle adjustments. Right. Um, and it's really important that I maintain those lifestyle adjustments where I do get sick. So I have to be really on top of my stuff, um, in order to stay healthy. And what, what, uh, was that sparred by the, the fighting do you believe, or was that, was that induced from that? Or is it seizures is totally random? I mean, is it generally from, uh, fighting and stuff or is it just uh, people get them or don't get them? And is there any like direct cause they think? Yeah. Of so uh, I'm not going to get into all the specifics of one of the stories, but there's two stories. One, I got knocked out really bad for the first time in my life. And mm-hmm. two weeks later, uh, in an act of self-defense, I ended up getting tased for like over a minute when I was jumped by three people. And uh, I started having seizures like a day after that. So I got tased for a really long period of time and probably shouldn't be around. Um, so I personally think, cause I was hit, I mean, not gonna lie, I was hit a lot. Um, I was a wrestler, so I would just walk, walk at people and swing and take them down and, and, and try to win fights that way, which involves getting hit sometimes, right? But uh, I personally think it was probably more the fact that there was like an electric current running through my body for way too long at some point. Um, but yeah, so um, then I got into poker and video games. I uh, started a little esports organization called It's Gosu Esports. Mm-hmm. That ended up uh, we ended up having a Dota team that became Cloud 9s original Dota team. I mean, sorry, League of Legends team. Um, we had a Dota team with guys like Universe and One Four Three Seven and. Uh, uh, Bulba guys that have actually won a tournament called the international multiple times. Um, and I had one of the best Starcraft rosters in America and it was pretty cool because I was paying my, I I had a total of like a thousand dollars a month that I was spending on players salaries. This is like OG sports, right? Where there was no money really, unless you played for one specific team called Eagle geniuses. What year was Uh, this roughly? How, how, How long ago was this? Oh, 2000, eight or nine maybe also, so i mean this is yeah. sort of this is like pre the esports craze like you're this is like oh, this, is, this is pre the craze for sure level one you were in there you saw so you were with the wave and sort of seeing seeing it develop from the start 
Yeah, uh, I was involved in esports since like pre Justin TV days, so like pre Twitch, pre pre streaming, back in called Warcraft Three. It goes way back, and I was literally playing like one cent, two cent online in poker, and I ended up uh, living with a bunch of pro gamers in a team house. Yeah, and we of course naturally started playing poker a couple nights a week at the house for like twenty, you know, a quarter at a time, mm-hmm. and then we started playing for like ten dollars at a time. And then I remember thinking like, oh man, this game is so good, and I'm so good at this game, it's so easy. So. I, <laughs> Obviously, after running the local casino in Oceanside, California, called Ocean's Eleven, and play this one one forty dollar capped forty big blind capped game that rakes ten percent of pots. Wow. <laughs> so an unbeatable game, and I'll never forget. Literally, the first hand of poker I ever played in an actual casino. Uh, like the first hand I actually put money in voluntarily. I had aces, and I just got an all in versus the old seven deuce, and just got mashed for forty big blinds, and left with my head down. Walking wow. in my car, like, screw this game, man. It's the hardest thing ever. I can't believe people can be that bad and beat me. And the reality is I was just as bad as they were. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a dramatic beat, though. The, the best hand versus the worst hand all in five. And, yeah, that's uh, it's amazing yeah. you stuck with it. That's a, that's a tough way to go out. I didn't know what to do, man. I just had 40 big blinds and I was like, well, I have aces, so I'm all in. That's how you play poker, right? I read, I read, uh, I read the, the, the legend Phil Helmuth's book and said, if you have a top 10 hand, just go all over, all in over and over again. And you win. Right. It wasn't for luck. Win it all. Right. That's, that's <laughs> and we got We got a lot of love for Phil. We'll talk about that. Some, uh, with end game talent, we'll touch on that later. That's exciting stuff that you got a uh, president of a, of a very successful agency running. We'll definitely hit on that, but yeah. So, so tell me a little bit, you do the wrestling, you, you have this uh, epilepsy, some stuff where you can't compete. This is what you know, you get into games, you're doing some esports. And then how did you, what year did you get? Was this when you went into Twitch or was this before that were you doing some working? This is way pre-Twitch. Way pre-Twitch. So you're yeah. doing this until what? Then then what was the next step after you, you started picking up poker? You were playing poker for a while? Yeah, so I was playing like one cent, two cent online, and like two cent, five cent, five cent, ten cent, and just kind of climbing through the ranks. And uh, I remember, uh, to be honest with you, I had a job at a little town or a little local casino, just trying to make ends meet. And I was like a security supervisor on the graveyard shift and on a reservation, so it was a pretty sketchy job actually. Um, and uh, I was making ten fifty an hour. Um, to like get in fist fights with people that were drunk and fighting each other. It was horrible. <laughs> uh, so. I ended up uh, doing that for like maybe six months or so. And uh, I was able to get myself to the point where I would definitely not rolled for it, but I decided to try like one, three live at a local casino called Pachanga in Temecula, California. And I remember going in there and the poker room was huge, super nice, really spacious, really comfortable. And I kind of just went on like a huge heater and I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say I won like 35 and 35 sessions in a row. Um, right. And just I won between. Couldn't, like, couldn't lose. Just got yeah. Like, yeah. Mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was definitely doing the impossible every day. Yeah. Um, uh, crazy. Yeah. So I, and I won like, you know, a decent amount of money. Um, at the time I was married and I uh, ended up having to contribute for uh, my ex's father's funeral a bit with the, the role I built. Um, so I ended up losing a chunk of my role and then just kind of working various small, like low paying esports jobs because I was passionate about the industry while trying to play poker to supplement my income. Mm-hmm. When I worked for, uh, worked with evil geniuses, uh, the bigger team I was just talking about earlier, at one point I was not paid very much money. And I literally texted my boss and I was like, Hey, 
I need a $3,000 loan to try to play poker so I can make ends meet with the salary I'm giving here because I want to focus on this. Right. And he was like, I'll just give you $3,000, which is pretty cool. He was like, you should go do that. And I played poker like 20 hours a week and worked for EG making like EG, I think was paying me $1,500 a month or $1,800 a month. And I was making a little more than that playing poker. So I was like, okay, right. well, I can make $3,000 a month and I can pay my bills. My apartment was 840 bucks a month, you know? Right. Um, and then I kind of just kept playing poker from there. And, and when were, where were you living during this time? This was still, San, you were in San Diego or? I was in a town called Temecula and a town called Lake Elsinore, which is all in the same area. Okay. So in San Diego area, but it's technically Riverside County, I think. Right. Okay. So you're, you're grinding, you're playing, you're doing the poker thing, you're making some money, the booms are going on, you're watching it. And then where did you, where did you segue from that? Or were you, uh, cause you were playing a fair amount of poker for a while, right? I mean, you, you were doing it for, for you're playing tournaments You were did you prefer cash games or tournaments or you did a little everything? Uh, man, I still suck at tournaments. <laughs> I, 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 tournaments are so, so, so hard. Uh, I, I like, I just love poker, man. It's a game that's like really, I mean, it's hard to think of many things that have had a bigger impact on my life than poker. So I feel like I owe the game of poker a lot. Like when I started it, when I was working with Twitch and I brought poker onto the platform, it was, uh, it was one of those things where it was the first non-endemic vertical Twitch had ever brought onto the platform. No one had ever done anything like this. Explain that term to me again. I know what it means, but uh, just explain what that means. So you did the first, you brought over the first non-traditional uh, gaming vertical. It's like okay. something that matches. So there's my, a first one on Twitch. Well, now and now give, to give an idea, how many how many different non-gaming are there? Because it's expanded a ton now. Oh man, there's a lot. I mean, there was creative for a while. There's music now. Um, there now there's just like a just chatting section, which is like kind of the, the majority of all of that content. But there was IRL at one point, creative, music and performing arts, art, um, all sorts of different stuff. There's other casino games now, chess. Yeah, I'm just kind of scrolling through here. If you guys aren't familiar with Twitch, uh, I would be surprised. But this again, this is uh, where you can watch. How- well, I'll let you actually, since you know it better anyway, how, how would you describe as someone who doesn't know what Twitch is? What, what is the way you describe it? Cause I mean, look at how many different games and how many different viewers are just all literally any type of video game or category, um, you know, plus whatever the stuff you're mentioning as well. But what, what, what is Twitch to someone who's never heard of it? Yeah. Twitch is a live streaming platform, but what makes it the most unique is it's all about communities. It's all about hanging out with the streamer and all about hanging out with the viewers. So the best part about Twitch is you can go into a chat and see someone that's live, say hello, talk to them and literally have a conversation with the person that you uh, admire or, or, or watching and, and actually talk to them and get to know them as a person. So if you're watching Jeff Gross live on Twitch, Jeff Gross can actually say hello to you if you're chatting in his chat and acknowledge you exist, which is super special. And for content creators and influencers, I, I always tell people it's the opportunity for them to generate super fans because a guy like Tom Brady can't say hi to every Tom Brady fan after every football game on Twitch, that Twitch streamer can say hi to whoever they want to. And sometimes there's so many people, it's impossible to say hi to everyone, but they do get to as many people as possible. And they do come around usually to, uh, if you're in there enough acknowledging you, which is, which is a super big deal, you know? Right. Yeah, like this is it right here. Just showing an example, guys, like this. Um, there's uh, Ryan Schumbert. He's streaming. He's a part of Party Poker, and he's in there dancing, playing music. You see him on video. You can type in the chat, and there's, of course, a delay with poker, which is different than most of the categories, right? That's one thing that, would, yeah. that where you can have let live interaction. But for 
for, for poker, of course, there's a delay, you know, you set three to six minutes. And so if someone that is watching your stream doesn't just see your cards, it makes sense. But you know, other than that, it's uh, pretty instant, right? What is the actual delay on like just games that are live or people, most of the Twitch is it, I mean, it's, is there a slight delay that, that call that uh, pauses? So, you know, it's not like Twitch isn't reviewing mm-hmm. everything before it goes through, right? It's pretty much no. live. And then if there's like gets warnings or if they, these are some like, uh, protocols to to people that are being hazardous i guess there's people report or this and that but is there is there I, i've been actually with you i went to the, the one of the main i don't know if it's their main or in san francisco like the headquarters of twitch is pretty cool like you know the yeah. big double screens and people are you know watching and looking it's like the new york stock exchange but for <laughs> for uh the headquarters for video games. Yeah, yeah for video games um but is that is that something like with security wise and, and everything there how closely do they monitor is there any protocol or how do they how do they kind of keep track of all this so, i mean it's a, it was bought for 970 million correct me if i'm wrong from amazon and yeah. what two i don't know 14 or 15 16 somewhere in there and i mean it's probably worth yeah. way more than that right i mean it's just snowballed and, and grown con- continuously yeah i mean i don't know what it would be actually be worth right now amazon already owns it so i think yeah. it would just to grow it and make sure make sure amazon's happy right where wow. do you go from there it's not much to know yeah. really buying you, after that you, your, your exit's been had now, now now keep the parent company happy which is, yeah. which is not always easy to do because they set big goals obviously they spend a billion dollars and something yeah um so how close do they monitor stuff so stuff when i left was like 15 second delay and i know it's gotten better so okay. it's probably within like that five second number would be my guess, but I don't know the exact answer to that question. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say when I chat, like I, when I do go into streams or if I say hi and chat in and then it's a live version or, or not on a delay, it does seem like almost instant. If someone sees it right away, they it's not like a, it's not a pause. So it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. And tell me a little bit about what year you went to Twitch. How did you get to Twitch? And when you came to, I like asking like seven questions at once. So let's just start with that. How did, how did you get to Twitch? Where, where did you, where did you segue in to get to this? And it used to be called Justin TV. So explain a little bit about the, the evolution of Twitch, if you will, as well. Yeah, sure. So I'll start with the evolution of Twitch. So it started out of Justin TV. Um, they said, okay, well, we're going to let video games be a part of our platform. It was originally just kind of Justin Khan walking around with a, like a webcam and filming his life, basically, which is pretty dope. Um, but people, they realized that the technology was people were more interested in. So then like there was a news network streaming and people would be streaming stuff and all sorts of things. They said video games could be a thing on here. When video games became a thing, they had it be a, uh, when video games became a thing, they essentially started having a lot of their minutes watched be consumed by game content. And they kept setting milestone goals. They were like, okay, if this much of our minutes watched consumed, percentage of our content is because video games will dedicate more staff to video games. And eventually it was like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to be all in video games for now, which is kind of funny because now the evolution of Twitch is like it was non-gaming. It became all gaming. And now it's actually becoming non-gaming and gaming again, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like almost like doing the reverse of what it originally thought it would do. Mm -hmm. Um, How I got started there, video games was a huge chunk of my life. And obviously had esports teams. And when Justin TV became a thing, um, they were streaming these big tournaments, which was just a massive opportunity for all of the esports organizations to get their players out there and try to get sponsorships because there really wasn't money in the space. We were all doing this for, you know, I joke around. People ask me sometimes how you get a job in esports. Well, back when I got back in the day, um, yeah. it used to be you worked for free for a really long time and hope it worked out. Now you can get you know, if, if you're, if you have a really good resume and you have connections, you can get a small paid internship. 
and things like that with these bigger teams and they actually have real staffs. Like back in when I was starting, it was like, it was me and like, I was, I was paying my own money to do this. And I had like four or five volunteer staff and players that I was paying a total of a thousand dollars a month. And it was just a matter of like, how do I book all the flights to the right. MLG event? How do I fly 10 Starcraft players to the next tournament and things like that? Um, so Justin TV and Twitch TV created a huge opportunity for us to build sponsorship relationships and try to try to get our content out there and build, build a brand. Right. We ended up, uh, I ended up getting to know the, the folks at JTV and Twitch really well over the years. Um, I was working at a company called Razor when I moved to Twitch and I was on their esports team, um, working on that initiative there with it, which is a big peripheral company. Okay. And, uh, at the time it ended up, I was, I was at, an event called Evo, which is in Vegas. And it takes place like roughly around the world series of poker main every year. Okay. And pretty poker players that are a little bit interested in video games. Highly recommend if you ever have an unfortunate main event series and you're still in the checking out Evo. Cause it is super dope. It's the fighting game world championship. So it's like a thousand plus of the best street fighter players in the world will show up to play against each other in street fighter. And the community is like mega hype. Like it, the events are just nuts. So at the end of the day, um, I was, I was at a, a Twitch after party. Um, it was like a little bar and it was at, uh, okay. There's an old, fairly divey casino in Vegas where Evo used to be. And it's in like the backside kind of in its own space, not in old Vegas, but it's kind of in between old and new Vegas. They rebranded it a few years ago. They have a little tiny, tiny poker room, I think now. Okay. But it was called the Westgate. Is that a casino back yeah, then? That, that, yeah, for sure it is. I, I don't know if that's the area you're talking about, but it is. There used to, it's either yeah Westgate. I've heard of that. I've never been. Oh, you don't want to go. <laughs> not a spot. Not a spot. It's not the spot for for, for 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 you or a lot of people. I don't think. Right. I think it might have been Westgate, but it was something like that. And uh, they're having this after party at this little bar, and they had Street Fighter setups and all these things set up to, for people to play. And we're all drinking. And uh, a really good friend of mine named JT Gleason, who is actually my second boss at Twitch, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, we were, we, were, we were drunk. And he was like, Scott, poker. Poker's so cool. I was like, I could poker on Twitch stuff. It'll be fun. And then he was like, we got to go talk to Justin Wong right now. And Justin Wong was the guy running partnerships there. And, not you know, Joe TV, not the not no, the guy. Justin, Khan, yeah. Justin Wong's an OG though. He was there for a really, really long time and definitely right. played a role. And okay. he was like, and, and, and he was drinking too. He was like, okay, poker's cool. But he was like, he's a Stanford guy. So he was able to keep his composure better than me, right? He's like, okay, we could do this. And then uh, a few days later, I got a call from their CSO uh, or a former CSO again, Colin Carrier is a real smart guy. And he was like, we've never done anything non-gaming I think poker's cool. I think you could really do it. And I was like, yeah, I can do it. And they set these like what were supposed to be very intense milestones for like viewers and minutes watched. And they were like, if these achieve this level of minutes watched, like maybe we can make this a real thing. And you could like just focus on growing this category. Um, Twitch has a super dope philosophy that I've carried over to Endgame that I love called experiment. Then they say it's a experiment to decide. So they're down to try things and see if they work. Right. So they tried it. What was the term you used to, that's for that? Experiment to decide. Experiment to decide. Interesting. Okay. I haven't heard that. I think like you that. want to do something, try it, see how it goes, and then make a decision um, before you make the, the big grandiose decision. So they set these goals that were like really intense there. Like if you can hit this many minutes washed a month at the end of three months, we will make poker on Twitch a thing. Boom. Well, I, we did it in like 16 days. 
with uh, it's watching. And, and tell me about that. So how, how did you, how did you, once you were given that task, once you kind of got, this gotta be exciting because you love poker, you're working there. And now it's like, you get to sort of uh, form a category potentially if you can hit the, the, the barometer set. What, so what happened? So how, how did you, then what was your first plan of attack? So the first thing I did was call Jason Somerville. Smart. Um, and this is back when, think he was like ultimate poker or something like yep. that. I, I, you know what? I, so I, that summer, this is when poker first got legalized in the U S Antonio was, a uh, you know, one of the face of that. I remember I, I was a, one of the sponsored players there for the summer. And I, we had a couple meetings and I would see Jason running around like with the, he had a crew, he had the cameras, you know, super go getter and doing the stuff. And he was doing, I think on YouTube, maybe originally or filming some stuff for that. And, and then I just saw him like, you know, run it up. He was doing run it up, run it up, do this whole concept. And I hadn't really got into any of this, any of the, the Twitch. I, well, I didn't know, not Twitch, even just like social or YouTube or anything. And I just kind of was like, man, you know, this kid's really motivated and hungry. And I saw him doing his whole little deal. And uh, yeah, I, I remember that whole process. Cause he was like that where he was diving in, going for it at this time. And this is literally that summer. It was then when you, like, he kind of got going on Twitch or was it the next summer? Cause it was like 13, right? That must've been 2013, I would guess. Or yeah. Something, something like that. 2013, yeah. 2014. And he, uh, I, I actually, uh, it took me a lot of convincing him that he should stop doing YouTube and just focus on Twitch. It okay. was like, that was like a real sweat where like Jason might not do this. And if Jason doesn't do this, I had a backup plan, but my, to be honest with you, the first part of my strategy, and it was the first time anyone at Twitch, I created a strategy for actually growing a vertical on the platform was I needed to find a face and a voice of Twitch poker. Um, I trusted Jason. I know that Jason is a great human being. Yeah. And I know that he, he is a, he is a, I mean, that guy works so hard, dude. When he's committed to something, he is like so focused and all in on the thing. Absolutely. It's amazing. And I know if he saw it working, he would be a good face and a voice. So Jason got a lot of love from us back in the day and he really killed it for us too. Yeah, um, no, he's, uh, he's the, definitely the godfather of Twitch poker in terms, you know, stream wise. And that's, it's interesting. Again, for those that don't know, that is like, you are the one who came on and this was your task to sort of build it. So you guys sort of made a, a partnership there and, and it had a, you know, it's a, an alliance for, to make it work. Just to be clear, was the first ever, was there already people doing some poker stuff on Twitch or was Jason Somerville, was there zero category and you hit Jason up and he started streaming poker and that's how it snowballed? Or was there some other people sort of messing around, dabbling, trying it, who have heard of Twitch and Jason just kind of, you know, came in as like an established pro sponsor, big name and, and was, is was the one that sort of took off. Was he like the OG, 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 or was there some other people just kind of experimenting that in there already? Like, how does that work? Was so this is actually super funny um, and a really good question. So before I was started and when I first started uh, in our partnership contracts, it was actually illegal to stream anything gambling on the platform. Okay. So people were getting banned for streaming poker on Twitch when I first started. Um, Jason, when you say first pro, I honestly don't even think I don't I don't even think Jason had become a big pro yet. I think at the time he was like an ultimate poker guy that people knew right. had a lot of potential, but I don't think he had quite like like Jason's made it, I would say. Yes. He killed it. 
I don't yep. think he had like made it back then. Yeah, I guess I was thinking in my head, I was thinking, oh yeah, he was already with stars and he was like a big no, he wasn't with stars yet. That happened. That's the thing. It was, he was with Ultimate Poker and then built this. And then, you know, once Ultimate Poker didn't work out and you know that whole thing with Dude, uh, he was such a boss that he became a stars pro from living in the United States. Right. Like like you did that. Like then you're like that's that's a huge deal when you become a site pro for a site that doesn't take US players. Well, no, in the I mean, United that's, States. That's, that's like sure. you gotta jump through some hurdles, man. It's yeah, no, it's definitely obviously the, the back in the day poker, you know, it's changed right from the, mm-hmm. the heyday or 04, 05, 06, 07 and, and where it is now. And it sort of feels like it's coming back, sort of trending back and U.S. legalizing sports at a federal level. And, you know, a lot of a lot of changes right now in the world in general. But in, in sports, it's always exciting. But um, so that's so. So, Jason, then you you put him on. And then you just I didn't finish answering that question. I'm sorry. So there was one person. I remember the first day I was in the office. Yeah. Cause I started from home for a while and I was just like talking to Jason's and Jason's friends. So guys like Dan O'Brien, people like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Dan O'Brien was pretty good. He was, he was playing a fair amount. He was doing I, when I started to Twitch, there wasn't like a Scott, this is how you do your job. This is what you do. I like showed up with like a 10 page strategy. It was like, I'm going to do this. And they're like, great, go do it. Here's your desk. <laughs> here's a, by the way, here's a computer and here's some peripherals. I hope you like them. And I was like, Oh, okay. Thanks. So I remember sitting at my desk. Yeah. Honestly, like I put on my headphones, turn on some music. I was like, what the hell do I do? <laughs> what do I do next? I have no idea what is going on. And right. I ended up, um, I ended up uh, just going to Twitch and like sitting on the site and was like, well, I'll just type in the word poker and see what happens. And there was a guy named Grips streaming poker. So Grips was probably like the person that I would say was the first person that wasn't Jason that I saw stream poker. Adam um, Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah. Grips. Yep. Uh, then I mean, this is so back in the day that like Jamie Staples literally uh, tweeted at me and was like, Hey, can I talk to you? I really want to stream poker. And I followed him, DM'd him. He had like two or three Twitter followers at the time. And he said, Hey Scott, I really, uh, I would really like to try to stream poker, but I have a Mac, I have a Mac and there's no delay features of it. This back, this is so old school. There was no delay built into Twitch. So wow. you couldn't just drag a bar. You had to use uh, OBS or XSplit, and there was no way to get delay on a Mac. Mm. So the only way you can get that delay function on Twitch was if you were partnered. So Jamie had zero viewers and three Twitter followers and sent me basically a few tweets or messages that were like, hey, man, I really believe I can do this. I'm going to work really hard. I can do this. I promise I can do this. I know you're not supposed to, but will you please partner me so I have a chance? And I partnered Jamie and now Jamie and Jamie's obviously growing something pretty, pretty big. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that's all because he worked super hard to do it. But like, this is so, that's what I mean. I old school. Like I think Jamie had three Twitter followers. When he messaged that's him. crazy. Cause you know, the first, uh, well, obviously now Jamie Staples, ever, people who know poker, know Twitch, know his name. He's all synonymous with Somerville and you know Lex and some of the guys that have really blown up or, or had huge streams Tonka over the years. I mean, you've seen everyone kind of come through the ranks. You've been there from the start and you, I mean, you follow up with it, but yeah, I mean, shout out to Jamie and what he did. And it, I think that just shows you know, kind of work ethic and going for it. And same with you. It's like, you gotta, you have an idea. You gotta just believe in it. You gotta just stick with it because it's not easy and you gotta, you gotta want it. Right. Like, it's like, there's so many people that you can make excuses. Oh, I don't have this or I can't get that. Or you look at a rule and you know, listen, rules, not, rules are meant to be followed, but just, to, you know, for guidelines, right. You got to have people to keep everything, the status quo. You can't have, you know, whatever, if you really want something, you got to go for it and, and, and maybe, you know, take a shot, make an ask, reach out to someone. And, and, uh, you know, I think that's something that Jamie was fortunate that you were able to, 
sort of recognize that, you know, you see the desire, you see the hunger and, and he got to, uh, you know, expedite his career. And that, that was how I got into Twitch poker. I saw Jason Somerville. I saw Jamie Staples, Kevin Martin, these guys where, you know, I, I, I went on and I was like, man, this is cool. Like I love poker. I love people. This makes sense, right? Like this is something that, that makes sense and is viable. And you know, I think uh, it's something you, you can see as well. Like I, I'm, I can't imagine how many people known pros, people you know come to you and say even now we're like hey like i want to stream right or, or not even on poker i want to do this i want to become a streamer it's not easy right like it's like you can get you can give them the blueprint you can say all right here's the equipment here's what you need to do but if it were easy everyone would do it and the reality is it's like you know there's there's stuff to it you need the equipment you need the you need help you need obs you to stream labs you need to do all these things you got to learn it and it's not it's not easy to start from zero right it's really hard, like Jamie or these guys, everyone did it. But when you, when Jason Somerville, you got to want it, you got to love it. Cause when you click live and you have two viewers the first day for, for six hours and you're taking bad beats and poker and, and just hanging out, it's not, it's not all sexy and fun. So, um, no, you know, you guys build Twitch <clears throat> to who are in it and guys that are doing it now, you know, I would just say, if you have any messages, I'm sure you deal with this a lot, right? That's what I say. You probably have guys that want to say, I want to stream on Twitch and then they just never follow through and you like give them your, advice or some tips but you know a lot of people just do you remember how you started uh well vague i mean i remember it's it's all sort of a blur but yeah i remember for the most part um i know we had some intense conversations as well but what what's your how do you remember it exactly because i have some crazy you know i I want this about scott ball but yeah i definitely remember you know some tough times and early uh learning curve with twitch but what what's your what's how do you remember i remember me being in Vegas for the summer for the series and going to your condo. Yeah. Which was near the street. 2015. It must've been then this was yeah, like, something exactly. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, you owned a condo near the strip and you invited me over and like, you just had a computer and some stuff sitting there and you were like, how, how, how stream. Yeah. I, I remember sitting there like, okay, well we do this and this and this. And then you click this button and, and I'm live. And all I have to do is open this up and click this button and like you like it's kind of crazy to see now you have like a podcast you have this big twitch following you're you have a youtube channel that's growing you've done all these different things and like back in the day like it was like obs i have to download something i have right. to put stuff in a program like oh my gosh like <laughs> I, I i gotta i gotta give a shout out to vadrian because you know like for sure in twitch if i if you weren't available and in, in, in a contact and someone I could talk to with Vadrin. I got very fortunate, saw his overlay graphics on an, uh, I think I was actually watching killing bird, you know, Derek at the yeah, time. Awesome and guy. I saw like his graphics and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like, I don't know. Cause I was getting quotes from some people like crazy numbers. I was like, yeah, I want to build a, you know, I got referred to someone as like, they were like, yeah, we want 5,000, you know, here we'll do like your, your, uh, monologue or we'll explain like your, your some dialogue for you to do and we'll do the overlay and they're like we'll charge you five thousand dollars i was like what five grand to, to set up my thing and i was like i didn't know the industry of the prices but i mean i now i know it was kind of a, a gouging that person was going for that someone referred me to but um you know regardless i got in touch with adrian got lucky with some help you obviously you know help help to expedite and, and i could go as a, someone to chat with which was great but yeah it's a crazy uh it's crazy right it just like seeing now all even i get amazed because i'll take off 
a month or two and I'm not an everyday streamer, but seeing the developments Twitch makes like with the squad mode, with the bits, with the, they're just doing so many things that are constantly making it better. Like looking back to that early days and where it was, it's crazy, right? Like the, the, the evolution of what Twitch has done in terms of, of uh, functionality and features. It's really cool. I mean, it's definitely, uh, it's come a long way since those days. Like it's really, you mentioned Streamlabs and you started streaming Streamlabs wasn't a thing. Yeah. That wasn't, they didn't have Streamlabs OBS and like alerts, like were like so hard to set up and like, it's definitely become a lot easier. There's a lot more tools available for content creators, which is awesome. Yeah. It's really, it's, it really is cool. So yeah. All right. So you're in there, you start, let me, let's talk a little bit about, we're, I want to touch on the the John Party Ryan DePaulo stuff right now, where they're 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 trying to get partnered. We'll, we'll, I want to cover that in a second. Don't let me forget. But talk to me a bit about the early days, front page. You know how many people you were managing, all these things. Because oh, man. he wants yeah. to bring up that subject. All right, all right. So well, no, I just want to. I want to know how, like, because it can't. No, no, no. It came up as there's so many. You all of a sudden go from Jason. You know, who would you say like megastar Twitch? Like early days, it was basically. Jason. Jason, and then you had, you know, some other channels emerge, like um, at the back in the day. So, like, how the strategy at the time was to make one person a face and a voice as big as humanly possible. Right. And then in return for doing that, they would then promote other people within the community. Right. And they would drive lots of people to discover poker on Twitch. Mm-hmm. So keep in mind now there's lots of different non-endemic verticals on the platform, right? Back then there was none. So there was actually a big deal with like, well, how are our viewers going to like it when they see poker rather than League of Legends or StarCraft? That was like, oh, we don't know how people are going to react. So what I ha- what my goal was to expose poker on the platform in a fun, meaningful way to as many, many other viewers as possible. So they click the poker directory on the site and go find other people. Right. So front page time has always been and is very expensive. That's something that Twitch can sell for an enormous amount of money. Yeah, it's hour. really wild, actually. I know. And I'm sure you've heard stories, but it gets crazy. Yeah. Because that the site gets hundreds of millions of people a month. And like, if you're on there for an hour and what they call the hero slot, which is like the first thing you see when you go to twitch.tv, right. the exposure is just, it's insane. So at the end of the day, um, I was allotted throughout various points, X number of hours of front page time per week. And these are the time slots I was allowed to give them. And I definitely gave the vast majority of it to Jason Somerville. Right. And one of the hardest parts about my job back then was, and this is being really honest, is that a lot of people were like really angry with me for a long time. And I think some people probably still are because they feel like I gave Jason so much more than I gave them. And that if I would have given them more at the time, they're still streaming. So they could have been better than bigger than Jason. And I, we helped Jason too much. Um, but what I would tell, what I would respond to that is say is that one, when you're in a position like I was, my job was to grow a directory at Twitch, whatever that meant, whatever that meant. If I didn't grow a directory on Twitch and we didn't hit our quotas and we didn't get to those goals, that wouldn't have been a thing. Twitch poker would have just started and disappeared. Right. Um, two, yeah. I really think the strategy that we put in place while frustrated, some people worked. Um, I, uh, I think Twitch poker has definitely like revolutionized poker. I think like poker central didn't exist before. 
um, Twitch poker was a thing. I know that, uh, I mean, I shouldn't take anything away from it, but like the, the global poker index and the, the, po- the global poker awards, Twitch poker existed for like four months and they called and were like, Hey, can you come to these awards? Cause you're going to be nominated for one as innovation of the year for the industry. And like, you might actually win. And I went and we won. And it was the only thing for four months, like, like poker on Twitch and the work that Jason put in on the ground and building this revolutionized the whole game. So rather than people being frustrated that they didn't have as much front page time or support as Jason, I would hope that people would realize that he really did a lot for paving the way and he did promote people. He still does look at running up. They have a bunch of running up people now. Like he's always done a good job at growing other people, hosting other channels, bringing audience to their channels, growing, like he did a lot internally at stars back in the day to like help evangelize Twitch in poker stars. And yeah, I mean, look at, they have 1.5 million followers in the category now. I mean, that's pretty strong. You look at even, you know, other games and, you know, there's uh very popular games. I mean, 1.5 million, that's, that's pretty, that's massive. I mean, look at even like FIFA, some of these most popular video games only double. I mean, it's uh it's fair to say poker is a real, it's a it's a strong category. I mean, it's at one a, point it was the fastest growing directory on Twitch. Yeah, that's a that's a big deal. That's a and and I think that is important as well because it's 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 politics and it's tough, right? There's decisions and you know it's like anything in life, right place, right time, different scenarios. It is. It's like a, of course people are battling, people are thinking all oh, this or that, but that makes a lot of sense. At the end of the day, you know you gotta you gotta have some LeBron James, you gotta have Neymar, Ronaldo's. Like you know, like at the end of the day, like people emerge and and sometimes you gotta you gotta have the your role players, you gotta have have stars and and you gotta uh, you know there, there's it's not always so simple. I think it's important to remember there's your side, their side, sure. the real side. And it's not easy to balance and juggle and, and do everything and make everyone happy in a lot of spots. So I think yeah. that's a, uh, you know, it's a tough, tough position to be in, but it's also, it's, it's exciting to be at the forefront and, and be a leader. So um, at the end of the day, our goal, and my goal still is in a lot of ways, because like I said, poker has really changed my life. So like at the end of the day, the goal was to grow poker. And I feel like Twitch poker has grown poker. I feel like I can very comfortably say that. I feel yeah, like- I, I say this all the time, I, and I want to know your opinion. But you know, I be- I truly believe that without Twitch, without YouTube, people doing doing video and highlights and and, and Twitch providing that platform, I think poker would be in a really really bad shape. And I think that some of the major companies, you know, obviously, uh, Poker Stars has a nice. Uh, streaming force of, of streamers. I was there. Jamie was there. Kevin was there. Um, also, now we're at Party Poker. We have a full team. Jamie and I co-manage uh, Party Poker Team Online. I know you know Vadim. You know the guys that, in Party, what they're doing in the industry. It's it's important for people to have aspirational goals. Like It's not like it was in t- 2006 and five and the deals, right? They were giving money at final tables to anyone to wear a patch. Everyone had, there was a f- 60 pros on site sponsored. It's different now, but they're coming i think it's people are understanding that again that this is important even some of like the po solver wizard sorcerer players the highest level players kind of realize though if you don't have guys at the ground level and people entertaining and promoting like poker can die like there's it's tougher now the games are harder there's solvers there's huds it's like it's it's a constant battle of like finding ways to make it entertaining engagement and bring new people in because guess what in the u.s it's not the 
it's starting to come back, but the, the 21, if you look at the stats, I think, I, I don't know if you've seen this and I'm sure you're very aware. It's like the 21 year olds and stuff. You look at the world series of poker the last couple of years, there's not many 21 year olds, 22 year olds playing in the main event. Right. It's like, it's, 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 we're lo- kind of losing that, that uh, younger generation that that's playing and coming up. Cause back in the day, it was like in college, everyone was playing poker. And you just kind of go through and come up. And now it's not quite as uh, it's not like there's not really a feeder system. And the the uh, ecosystem of poker, you know, it's a great game and it's it's uh, it's awesome. But at the end of the day, like there's got to be stuff for people to be engaged and interested or else we're just going to we're going to lose sort of the, the path, I think. So, I mean, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Poker is uh, it's a really hard game, man. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to get easier. Right. It's a hard game, but it's a, it's a great game. I think that's, that's also important where people are sort of uh, giving that message. You know, that's what I like to push is it's a great game. I like to say it's not a hobby, you know, cause for me, I, I live, breathe, sleep, but it's, it is my, what I do for a living, but it's cool. A lot of people can do it and play for fun and improve. You know, it's like, look, you can get better. It's a very, it's a highly intensive skilled game with a nice combination of luck. But at the end of the day, I'm not saying quit your day job. Don't be caught, not, not recommending people become poker professionals, but like, if you like to play, you can get better, you can improve, you can learn and, and it's fun. So as long as you're, you're being responsible and, and that's sort of, um, yeah, it's, it's been great. What, uh, sorry, get fired up. I get fired up. This is like the history of, uh, I, I, I always tell people too, like the way you become a professional poker player is by not trying to become a professional poker player. That kind of becomes you, right? Like, like, uh, you, you stream on poker and when you're, or not, you're not streaming, but you're playing poker, like, all of a sudden you're just making three or four five X what your salary is at your day job for six, seven months in a row. And it's like, okay, this isn't that random anymore. Right. Yeah. Now like maybe, I, maybe I should keep doing more of this. Right. But that being said, I used to always like when I would see people streaming and be like, Oh man, I had 50 viewers for the first time today. I'm all in. I quit my job. Scott, please help me. It was like, don't do that. Don't quit your job. Yeah, Be careful. Don't put that on. The I'm not going to be every day doing this. Uh, you know, this isn't going to work necessarily like that. It's not just going to be a dream spot, but yeah, man, it's, it's really exciting. It's cool. So it's, uh, it's great. And then did you, did you, uh, when Twitch was going on and you, you, what point, how many years were you there? Well, give me a little bit of the, the timeline. You started at Twitch. When did you then, when was it that you actually took the role of in charge of Twitch poker? Like how long were you at Twitch before you moved into Twitch poker? Or did you come, you said you, you were talking at the thing and you Yeah, came. just before that, basically. Um, yeah. I think I was there for like five or six years or something like that. I don't even, to be honest, I don't really know the exact uh, data. I have to look at like a, my resume or whatever, which I haven't opened in. <laughs> Wow. It's a meme. I don't even know if Twitch is on my resume. I have to look at when I left my previous job to know when I started at Twitch. Right. And, uh, yeah, and I left Twitch about two years ago. Okay. Um, two, two and a half years ago now, probably. Probably two and a half years ago. And are you are you happy with, you know, obviously I know Farhan very well. And now he's he's moved on doing some other projects and and uh, working within Twitch and, and great guys. Well, Farhan was there. How, were you, you guys were overlapping or summer because you were he was working at Twitch and he was helping with poker and then he became and sort of and taking over your role. Are you happy with where Twitch and poker is? Do you feel like it's in the it's going in the right direction and it's good hands? Like, are you not? I mean, I guess you're not you're not in day to day on what's happening there on poker and Twitch, but you know, looking at it when you check in, see the numbers, see the see what's going on. Are you do you feel like Twitch is growing properly in poker at the moment? Are you do you think it's doing a good job? Uh, it was not. 
at all. And I think it was actually hurting pretty bad. And I think in the last six months, it started doing much better again. Um, and I think that's a combination of things. And I don't think that's actually Farhan's fault, by the way. Farhan was Farhan hasn't been dedicated to poker on Twitch in a long time. Right. He was getting spread across different different uh, tasks. And it wasn't just like he was. That was not just. He, 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 he's not the poker guy. Twitch does not have a poker guy. When I left Twitch, they kind of never had anyone be the poker guy again. Right. We're like, well, Scott's gone. So, like, we hope this stays around. Um, in the last six months, there's been. And it's not just my firm, but my marketing firm has been doing a lot of work to get a lot of different people that street to stream poker for the first mm-hmm. time and continue to do it. Um, there was a window where stars was dropping even streaming pros party, picked a lot of people up and got people streaming again. And there needed to kind of be a resurgence. And I'm super fortunate to have a few different poker clients at the firm that are empowering uh, me to help get, people to stream poker that are not professional poker players. I think that it's a big deal to grow, continue to grow poker and use Twitch as Twitch is the primary platform to do so. I think there's no better platform, but that being said, well, I think there's, it's super valuable to have someone like yourself who is a poker professional as a signed pro, because you're a great ambassador for the game. I think the best way to grow poker is to get people that are interested in poker or passionate about poker and think their communities will be interested in poker, but don't stream poker primarily. So that's when you've seen guys like Andy Milanakis jump in the mix. And you've seen like the King of Twitch poker stuff that, that happened. And like even the Twitch storm thing, most recently you're seeing a whole bunch of people stream party poker that are not traditional poker broadcasters. And these different folks are able to drive new users and depositors to these sites and help grow the ecosystem and build new names and brands to the space. There's right. a guy named Ludwig uh, that's a Smash Brothers commentator that mm-hmm. like just like started streaming in these like Twitch sit and go things we were doing and yeah. like talk some smack and just like won three in a row. <laughs> it was like just crushed all the content is like, yep, I'm the best. Drop the mic, walk away. He has a YouTube video, I think that was called like why I'm the king of Twitch poker or something like that. It was it's like it's fun and it's exciting and it, it yeah. brings new people to the game. So yeah, I think I, it was in a bad place, but it's in a better place now than it has been for a while. I have to I have to step in just to not not that I just to clarify on a term you did you mentioned that stars dropped streamers and party um, picked them up. I will. I, I can't speak because there was a huge change in party poker. Obviously, Daniel Negreanu, who was basically the face, the ambassador for so long, has stepped out. You know, not, not to go into too many details on that, but he did leave and went to another network. You know, I can say I can just I can speak for myself. Jamie Staples, Kevin Martin. I don't. You know, obviously there's a big change. A lot of people left, but I can just make it. You know, for the record, that we were we were offered and didn't choose to renew and went with party poker. Yeah. But I do know they did drop, you know, some guys, guys like Nanonoko. Yeah. Like there was stuff where they, you know, they, they listen, the, again, don't want to, I had a, I had a good time there. I, I like people the party now too, right? Yeah. LQ went to party it was like even before, but you know, it's uh, at the end of the day, like I think it's pretty clear the initiative, the motives of, of the sites and what, you know, party poker, obviously, yeah. Um, you know, they're robbing what they're doing and what their, their motives are. And they're really just poker folks on poker, where some other sites, I think showing they're more into like, you know, casino gaming sports, which listen, the industry is moving. The, the industry, there's very big sports 
presence coming and a lot of these, these sites are uh, their businesses, of course, first, but you know, some, I think that's what I like about what, yeah. what party poker is doing. And they really just, they care about poker. Rob cares about poker, you know, which major companies that have, you know, poker is not their predominant focus that it's good to see that Rob, you know, is, uh, is 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 there driving and, and really paying attention that's what he's doing it's poker alone not looking to you know the gvc and what what uh they're doing with sports and casino that's a that's a separate Huge. category whereas yeah. start like i can't say you know i just know that they're it's pretty clear what their uh, focus is on and you know again it's good to have competition though it's good if like i was saying too, like everyone's streaming at poker stars and no there's Tonka, who is a monster, is at 888, and now he's not there. And now Party has no streamers. Like, guess what? That's not good for people. That's not good for aspirations. I want to come up because there's no deals, there's no sponsorship, and there's no competition. Stars can pay you know, the minimum or whatever. And, that, and that's it. When there's another show in town, it's, it's good, you know? So, and also I think, I think it's just to, I just don't want to go on a tangent here, but it's good as well when there's competition and when there's uh, multiple, multiple um, places to stream, you know, because it, it's a, uh, it just allows people, it allows people options and it, and it allows, uh, it allows the, the sites not to, that they have to give to the players, right? They have to, there has to be some incentive and some, you know, it's obvious. It's economics, monopoly. You don't want a monopoly. It's not good for everybody involved when there's 100%. No- so competition is great. Yes. I would say that from the poker site side of things, when it comes to growing poker, personally, I feel like there's two sites that are doing a much better job right now than everybody else. Um, and Party is one of those two sites. Um, I would love to see sites like sites like Stars remember their roots and step it up again. Um, because again, that competition is healthy and they can do it in ways other than just signing Daniel Negreanu back. Like there's other ways to grow poker now. Um, right. And, uh, I would love to see sites like eight at eight, step it up more and, and enter these, the, these worlds in a much bigger way. Um, because I think the more competition there is, the better, the more, the more sponsorships there's available for players, the more content there's created, the more viral moments that happen, the more the game grows. Um, in terms of streaming platforms, it's the same thing. Like Twitch needed competition for a long time. The problem was is that everyone kept doing it wrong. So back in my esports days, when I was talking about those, my first team, it's goes to actually wasn't sponsored by Twitch at first. We were sponsored by a competitor to Justin TV called okay. Owned Own 3D, and Own 3D went out of business because they were just paying people way too much money to be sustainable. So they just went under. If you look at what Twitch does now, you look at like Facebook gaming and YouTube gaming and these other uh, mixer. um, I think that for a very long time, they were all doing it so wrong that they couldn't even be taken as serious competition. It was like, come on guys, like you're backed by Microsoft and you are Facebook um, and you are backed by Google and you are YouTube with the largest video platform in the world, pretty much like let's, right. let's step it up here. The good thing is though, is they've all been stepping it up in big ways too. So Twitch actually does have more meaningful real competition. When you see people like Ninja getting moved to Mixer and Shroud and like the, the, the most watched people on the site at one point in time, that's a pretty big deal. Like that like Twitch doesn't affect Twitch as minutes watched very much, but it is a big move when a site like that acquires those people. How, you know, I'm, I'm a bit ignorant to that, that platform and how it works. What, how, how big a deal is that? And can you talk a little bit of economics before? Cause I do want to talk about in game talent, what you got going on and, and what we have going on, you know, that I'm, I'm endorsed yeah. that part of it and I believe in it and I think it's awesome, but I, I want to understand a bit about that, that move with Ninja, 
does that does that affect the bottom line on Twitch? How big a deal is it? And also, how is Mixer doing? Because I've never even looked at the platform. I don't understand. Is it the same exact thing or similar? And uh, how does that work? Is it so Mixer is paying Ninja, obviously, that he got a deal. I don't know if it's public info or not. But um, how, how, how did that go down? And was that something that Twitch... I would imagine they had a conversation, of course, like a fight or there was some kind of. Oh, heck yeah, you, you have a partnership agreement with Twitch. I don't know what your terms are anymore and if you've renewed or whatever. But as those agreements end now, the, the, the world is at a point where you can call these other platforms or I shouldn't say call, um, but you can get in touch with people in their partnership teams and you can say, hey, my Twitch agreements coming to an end. This is my minutes watched. What is this worth to you? And then you can go to Twitch and say, Twitch, this is what I'm getting offered by so-and-so. I like your platform. Do you want to keep me around? Um, so there was definitely a bid war for these people. Um, Twitch wouldn't just like happily walk some, watch someone like Ninja Shroud go. They've both been around the platform for so many years. Um, that being said, poker specifically, I'm pretty sure is only allowed on Twitch. Um, I don't think you can stream poker on Mixer. I don't think you can stream poker on YouTube gaming. Um, which is really unfortunate, obviously, because right. it bottlenecks the, the, the game itself. Um, now, at the end of the day, when it's very interesting, so you would think people are like channel specific because when you watch Twitch, you probably notice you have you've had the same hundred or fifty people, whatever the number is, almost since day one since you started. You have like. Jeff Gross mega fans that you like see them in your chat. It's almost like, even if you've never met them before, it's probably like you've known these guys for years. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> the, the, the reality is though, is that Twitch's minutes watched, they released something that like really wasn't impacted with Ninja left because while those people are very Jeff Gross specific and some of them will follow you to another platform, they are more platform stuck on their plot, the, the platform of Twitch than they are willing to go to another one. How, now, how does that makes a lot of sense? How is mixer? How is it? Is it similar with the same type of thing with subscription yeah. and other things? It's, it's literally just a mimic. It's Microsoft. So, yeah. So here's the biggest difference between mixer and what makes mixer so unique and why they could give people, I don't know what the deals that the specifics is. And if I did, I wouldn't say them because it wouldn't be right to do. Right. But at the end of the day, what makes things like mixer so unique is that mixer is owned by Microsoft who owns Xbox. So like, when they signed someone like Ninja or Shroud, hypothetically, I'm not saying they did this, but hypothetically, they were really smart. They could build into their contracts that they now have to, uh, like, okay, we're going to sign you and you can stream Fortnite, but when we release a new Xbox exclusive, you need to create 20 hours of content around that game for over the duration for uh, like pre day one, on day one, and on day two. Right. To drive day one sales. Because game developers and publishers, we work with a lot of those guys at Endgame too. What they're really focused on, is either day one sales or in-game downloadable, purchasable content, like skins, things like that. Actually, I'm pulling up for the first time ever Mixer. I just was trying to see how it looks. It's kind of, uh, yeah, it looks very similar. Wow. Uh, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I'm a little shocked that Ninja has 9,000 on and what he was getting like 50 or 100,000 like easily on Twitch. So, I mean, that's a massive massive drop in numbers. Um, I mean, obviously, right? Because the platform's so much smaller, but I think that's to your point that like, people are platform specific. It's not like a ninja fan is a ninja fan, but he's like, ah, do I have to go over there, download? I'm already paying or I'm subbed or I have this situation here. You know, he's going to keep his diehards are going to move over, but he, he lost maybe what, How, it's hard to say, but like you look at the numbers, he lost a big chunk of his, his concurrence. But it's okay with him because he's getting paid a certain rate no matter what happens. And he probably has incentives, if anything, like this is your minimum, which is probably more than he was making. Right. And now it's like, and this is as you grow over here. If you can do that again, this is what you will make. There was a time on Twitch where he had over 200,000 subscribers, paying subscribers per month. 
Wow. So and, and those weren't all $5 subs. Like, yeah, but that was also back when Epic Fortnite was just first exploding. And they did a thing where it was like, if you link your Twitch account with Epic or whatever, or vice versa, it was a free sub. So all these people that were playing Fortnite were giving their free subs to Ninja and other streamers, um, which was freaking genius and good for Tyler to explode. Tyler's been around for, or Ninja's been around since like Halo and like, been, he's an OG esports pro in America and has been on the grind with, he had a hundred viewers for a really long time before he became who he is now. So he's like grinded for life to get this moment and then got the moment and made the most of it. So that's really rad. Um, that being said, um, yeah, he definitely lost a lot of his concurrence. Um, the platform's not as big and some people did come. Some people did switch over to a mixer with him, but not enough to put a dent in Twitch's minutes watched. Right. Okay. Really interesting. Uh, so, but you obviously Ninja smart guy has a full team around him. So he, they looked at the number, they protected themselves. So they're not, you know, it's not just like, Oh, we're going to lose 90% of our concurrence, but we're, we're going to be, we're gonna have a nice, you know, sweetheart deal and get them guaranteed plus upside, whatever. So yeah, yeah. he's got a, he's got a, he's a smart guy and he does have a very smart team behind him for sure. There's no doubt about it. Very cool. All right. Well, that's interesting. So that's uh, that's interesting. And, and again, you do, and you still out of that sentiment that it is good competition, stuff like Mixer, other things, keeps Twitch on their toes, keeps them motivated, lets them know, hey, we got to be careful. We're going to lose a couple big names, but let's try to keep them. Let's, you know, it kind of keeps everyone on their toes. Is that fair? Oh, 100%. They even they even have to have, I mean, from every aspect, not only do they have to pay people more money eventually to keep them, because eventually you can lose everyone. They, they also have to create even more features and more things that make it better for broadcasters. Like right. competition for a site like Twitch is so important for the ecosystem mm-hmm. and you're seeing so much more growth out of Twitch. Twitch, when I was first at Twitch, there was not a lot of people. Okay. There was, there was not a lot of employees and I left. There was like 2,500 and it's, it, that number is, I don't know what it is now. Um, I've heard it went down a little bit and then it went up a little bit. I don't know where it's at, but the majority of that is engineers and stuff like that just are dedicated to making the site a better experience for content creators and viewers. Right. It's, so they have to try even harder now than ever. And Twitch trying harder for you is only better for you. Right. It's, 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 it really is nice to be a part of it. It's been great. And, and I want to, uh, you know, I love it. I, I, it's just, it's fun and it's fun to see people building their own channels. And you know, again, with content in terms of YouTube and Twitch, like I, I'll say, I give this example about Doug Polk, you know, he's really polarizing. A lot of people really like him or they don't like him. He's very, you know, he's controversial. He stirs the pot. He's got his own style. You know, he's, uh, he, he, he does what he does, but like I was at, uh, um, I was at a, my first ever basically YouTube when I started in 2017, I, Jamie Staples actually was like the one who kind of put me on. It was like, you should have a YouTube channel, get this going. Didn't know what I was doing, bought a camera, was walking around the world series in 2017. And I came to the camera with my table. Uh, I guess I had had, yeah, I'd been streaming Twitch for a year or so seriously. And a guy came up to me at my table at the, like a 1500 WSOP event. And I got my whole, you know, I've been vlogging. It's a break time. And he comes up like, Hey man, what's going on? Like, dude, that's so cool. He was like, uh, and I was like, thinking he was going to say, oh, you know, I watch your Twitch or something. He's like, you know, I, he's like, I, uh, that's, that's awesome. What do you, you know, what's your name? And then he was like, I, do you know Doug Polk? And he was like, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, no, I know Doug and whatever. But he was like, I'm here at the World Series because I watched Doug Polk's videos and it got me back into poker. That is what he said. And that was like a Jeez. very strong statement to me realizing that, uh, that 
you know, man, people are people that have played poker or like poker. They are they are seeing stuff. It is sparking them to, hey, like, oh, wow, that's fun or this is still going on. And, uh, you know, and it gets them in the game. It gets them excited. It gets them, whether it's Doug, whether it's Jamie, whether it's Jason Somerville, Tonka, whoever. Um, you know, you let name, make a name 50, 50 to 100 people that are streaming and, and people really, like you said, they have like 50 to 100 really core fans or people are never going to miss a stream. Then it kind of goes from there. But it's important. It is. It's important to have this type of uh, stuff in the in the industry. So it's yeah. In, in regards to Doug, like no matter what, no matter what someone's personal opinion of Doug Polk is, it's it, it, anyone that tries to say that Doug isn't entertaining, really, really smart and hasn't done his fair share of growing the game is just, I just think they're like incredibly incorrect. He's a very smart guy. He's not only growing the game of poker and built a huge channel. He's also like at one point was one of the best in the world. Right. Um, so he's he's pretty damn smart guy and done a lot for the game. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's 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 again. There's a there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of personalities in poker and a lot of a lot of interesting interesting times where we're at. So Scott, let's we got a lot of questions. Seventy five. Considering that you're not you don't have a your twit you don't have a uh, you you were mentioning about social media. You've sort of d- doing less of that and more focus. You're you're a businessman now. You're you're a mogul. With with NK talent, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you know I, I say I'm involved at this in a capacity. I've got 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 a, a bit of a you know I believe in you and what you're doing, and then we're you Thank know want to let you share with us what Endgame talent is Endgame talent is and what you how this came about and what where you uh, I guess technically left Twitch right. This was for you started your own agency. So tell us a little about this, and then we're gonna we're gonna knock out some of these 75 plus questions. Sure. So Endgame is a marketing firm. Um, we focus on building communities for brands and developers, publishers. So not just within poker. Um, however, poker has definitely been one of our sweet sweet spots. Um, we uh, talk with clients. We understand what a client needs to achieve to hit their goals and be successful. And then we have a custom programs team and our programs team builds out um, plans and then oversees the execution to achieve their goals uh, and exactly what they're trying to accomplish and making their lives easier. Um, when we work with someone, our goal is to make them hit their goals and make their lives just so much simpler than they were before they worked with us. So we can continue to, to, to bring bring them on as clients. Uh, have a really amazing team. Um, uh, obviously, uh, you and Phil Helmuth are the are the only two people that we have let uh, be involved in any way, shape, or form on the investment side of things as an advisory stuff. Um, really good relationship with you guys, and you guys really believe in what, what we're doing. So we're super honored to have you guys be a part of it. Um, the we, because of we, we're building communities and that's our core focus for brands, we get to give a lot back to the Twitch community and get to spend a lot of money with content creators. We've paid over 500 content creators in the last uh, like 18 months. And that's not one guy, all the money. That's over 500 people have received a, some sort of money from us. We just did a thing called Twitch Storm um, with a client that, or with ACR actually, that uh, has had, that they gave 140 something people $50 giveaways every five minutes. And the whole focus wasn't even to grow poker. It was just to grow smaller streamers on Twitch. So we rated a channel every five minutes for 24 hours straight was the goal. We had a few lapses and hopefully we get to do another one. Hopefully it's even better. Um, but we gave, we just gave a bunch of random small streamers 50 bucks to give away to their stream and send, send a whole bunch of viewers their way to talk about who they are and what they do and hope they get new followers. And it was crazy, man. When uh, Phil got rated, he called me right afterwards when he was done and he was super hyped. And like, 
<laughs> he was offline for like 20 minutes and I could still hear the follower notifications nonstop because wow. the train was like 12,000 people. So it was like mass people following him. It was like, we're talking on the phone for 25, 30 minutes. And it's just like, it's just like the new follower alert in the background, the stream alert just said it. I'm like, Hey bro, can you lower your computer speakers? Cause I can still hear all of your followers, <laughs> <laughs> which was, which was pretty cool. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we, we focus on building communities for brands and helping them achieve their goals, whether that's new for casinos, it's a lot of like new first time depositing users. And I can very confidently say that there's no one in the world that can drive a new first time depositing user to an online casino that we can hands down. And we'll prove it time and time over again. Um, yep. uh, we, we work with a lot of, yeah, <laughs> we work with a lot of game developers and publishers. Uh, we've done some work with a company called Tencent, which is one of the biggest companies in the world. Um, and PUBG Mobile over in China before it was rebranded. Um, same thing for them. We build communities around their game. We get people watching them. We give them a chance to be a thing on Twitch and exist. Uh, for for anyone having a community on Twitch that you're a centerpiece of is really valuable because that's organic marketing that is evergreen and will never go away. Right. Once we get it to a point, they don't even need us, which is cool. That's what we want. That's uh, that's yeah, it's very cool. It's a, it's a great, it's it's awesome to see you know kind of your path and in, in development and and also understand your relationships and contacts and then sort of dive into the the next phase um and what with what your what your passion is and what you're great at. So that's that's exciting. And is there any any plans for uh? In terms of goals in the future, with is that so primarily right now? Is that fair to say your main, your primary focus is endgame talent? Yeah, it's it's my only focus. Um, I do play a bit of cards. Um, I go to the cage in Costa Rica as much as I can, which is yeah, I've, been, I've been there many times. It's fun, yeah. man. Someone invites me out to an event, I try to come. You know what I mean? I love I love poker, man. Poker is a huge part of my life, but my focus is definitely work. Um, I have a lot of responsibilities to protect my shareholders and their investments and their equities and a lot of responsibilities to my staff to make sure everything goes well for them and a whole hell of a lot of content creators we work with that I need to make sure are taken care of and everything we do too. And, and on, on top of my whole list too is, is, is our clients, folks like Party, for example, we have to make sure we're helping them achieve their goals and, and, and keeping them on the right path and and guiding them and helping them uh, get those new users. So it's, it's super important. And uh, it's definitely my passion right now. That's awesome. How, where someone who I would say this very, not much more ingrained position, just see from a, from a sky, you know, a high view that you're able to see the industry of poker and how it's kind of evolved. You've been, you know, really tied into it for a long time, playing, working with it, Twitch. Now your end game talent is not necessarily poker, right? It's doing gaming and stuff, but you're in this sport, the world. What, what is your thoughts on just like the poker world in general right now? Seeing legislation, Michigan passed, Pennsylvania passed, sites are coming in, sports betting at a federal level, esports is blowing up. What is your thought? Are you bullish, bearish? Where are you at on the poker gaming type everything? And like the USA, let's just say in particular, people always ask, when will poker be legal in my state? When is it going to get back? I mean, it's so crazy, right? That you I, wish they, I wish I could say the answer was yesterday, you know, yeah. or, or actually when I was a little more confident at the game a few years ago. Um, but I hope super soon, man, like I love poker and it's, it's definitely good for business too. Like I can't, like it would not be bad for, for me in any way, shape or form. Um, like I said, I really would not be where I am today without poker. Um, poker has done a lot for me. Um, so I, I hope it does become 
even more legalized than it already is. I would love to see California get out of that list as a California resident, knowing how many people live in California. Um, and uh, yeah, man, I hope it all happens soon. In terms of the growth of poker, I think the sky's the limit. I mean, the, the, the more I see what we can do in terms of prices and new users and what people are typically paying and what we can drive them for, the more I know that there's ways to grow this game and we're not even close. Twitch poker can be so much larger than this right now. That's not even close to stopped. And I want to make Twitch poker, I shouldn't say make, I want to help Twitch poker become 10, 15 X larger than it is right now. And I think we can do it. I want that game to have 10 plus million followers on Twitch, not 1.5. Um, and I know it's possible. Um, just need the right support. That's uh it's it is it is it's just so crazy that one law, one pass, one state like California, for example, just like one little flick of a thing. No, I, I'm born and raised in Michigan. Michigan was like in the midnight hour. It was through last year. The governor, everything was done. It was passed. Everything was was uh, was sorted. And then the governor on the way out, like or I think believe the governor, don't quote me, by the way, you know, the one last signing of the thing basically vetoed it last second. I was like, wow, maybe it's not going to happen for years. And then now it did get pushed through and now it's through. But, you know, this stuff happens fast. And now, I mean, listen, the coronavirus, we haven't even really touched on it. It's disruptive to so many industries. It's a crazy time we're in right now. I mean, un- like, hopefully we'll never see again something like this and hopefully we just get through it. Uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a topic in its own. But for gaming, casinos, it's really affected. I mean, Vegas is shut down. Like casinos are who knows when they're going to be back open, right? Like that's the last place people are going to want to go. Um, with chips and being in a closed space and all that with the virus stuff, right? So it's like, they're probably, you know, they're not just sitting at home doing nothing. They're looking at it. They're thinking about like, wow, what if this is six months? What if this is one year? I mean, there's a decent chance that, there's some stuff gets pushed through or you know, things come together or like they go to the, the governments and say, look, you know, you got Sheldon Adelson, who's who's for whatever reason, just dumping on poker, you know, and he just believes that it's going to kill his business. And he's putting 25 million into Trump and trying to get everyone not in, not an online gaming. But like the reality is like they may need to go to online gaming. These casinos and sites may need poker, may need their games yeah. online. Right. Like their, their industry is shut down. Our, yeah. So I would, I would love to see the day that Sheldon Adelson builds an online poker site. That would just like complete my life. Right. <laughs> I mean, look, like, what, no, I know. Uh, it's backs against the wall right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 crazy, crazy times. So it's 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 very, 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 very. I guess important it's a critical time in our industry and it's good to know that you know you're you're involved you're aware and you got your eyes on it and i think that we're moving the right direction overall and it's fun also esports and these type of deals you're working with and, and people that you're pushing into poker to stream it, it's awesome well scott let's dive into let's get into some questions man because we're already we've been running here for a while and we've got i think we've covered a lot i feel like people have a good understanding of your background and also what you know you were the you know catalyst sort of the early times at twitch poker which is pretty cool because in the history of uh, poker it's important right it's a it's a monumental shift in in what's going on um let's let's go ahead and knock through can you see my screen here i'll read some of these off it's probably pretty small yeah. but i just, can just, just read them off and i'll try to answer them as briefly as possible if there's 75 of them yeah yeah we'll keep it we'll kind of rapid fire shoot some of these uh so interesting first question there was a debate on whether or not full-time streaming is sustainable as a job what is your take on that well there's some people that make several millions of dollars a year if not over a million dollars a month so yes okay that works uh what's new last twitch storm was great any new cool stuff any new innovations or projects or, or stuff that you see that's going on within twitch that you like or think are great um yeah i mean i can't really talk about other things we're working on internally but i really do hope we get to do more twitch storm soon 
Um, there's lots of cool stuff going on, but I don't want to try to answer that quickly because of NDAs. Okay, there you go. That's I, I like it. Did you have an aha moment? I like this question from McLovin on Twitter saying, "Was there ever a moment where you were just like you said you got you had you had seizure or epilepsy? Um, you know, diagnosed you were you were fighting. Like, was there ever a moment in your life where you just kind of like stuff came together and you're like, I want to do this or I'm going to do this or let's just even take your agency that you you created. Like when like give me like some moment where you just like something clicked and you're like, I'm going to do that. Uh, I don't think I've had that. I, it's really funny. I tell people all the time that I still have no idea what the hell I'm doing. The reality is, is that no one has any idea how to do what we're doing and that we just know a little more than everybody else is trying. Um, and we're, and we, we know we don't know what we're doing. So we're learning more all the time. Um, I don't really want to have aha moments because I want to keep learning every day and keep improving myself. And I feel like when people have those moments, like, Oh, I get this. That's when they stop learning as much. So I try to not let myself have those moments. Right. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that approach. Um, biggest online win ever. Um, cash games and there was a day online during a world series of poker summer where I played some guy at law online that started out at like two five on WCP.com. And we ended up playing all up to 10, 20 and I ended up being like 27,000. And then later that day, I got him again for like another 45 K. So when there's like a 24 hour period, I beat this guy for like 70 K or something heads up. Wow. That yeah. was probably my best online day ever for sure. Cash games are, listen, tournaments are fun. It's, it makes sense for Twitch, right? Cause it's like a story. It's a build up. There's a start and a finish. The cash is cool, but like get cash games online now are much tougher, right? Than, uh, the, in, in general, but also it's just like, listen, so if someone's playing like 200 or 400, it's cool. But like overall people want to see a story and stuff, but I love cash. Cash is fun as well. Yeah. I love, I love I tournaments too. Tournaments are super dope. I just thought I'm so bad at them. Like I'm bad at poker and tournaments are like, I just am the worst, man. I never, I never win. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about the cage. Cause I, I've had some good results there. It's fun. It's a great format. You had a, you had a huge score. You were maybe the biggest or one of the biggest winners ever there. Didn't you win like 40 or 50 K in a, in one of the, the weekends, the two days. Yeah, I won. Uh, I won the most ever there. I won like 65 K I think in a weekend. And then I also won a heads up match for another 20,000. So I had like a 90k or 100k trip or something in Costa Rica for like four days and I think I played four or five times and I've cashed all four or five times well there you go so it's been a good good place for me Um, I love that event is so much fun and they do such a good job hosting it and make people have a good time feeling welcome so I like it appreciate it and bring it out yeah, that's that is they do they do put on a cool event there uh, with the boys got to shout out to Phil and Juan man good uh, great guys Um, all right influencers get bad press and mainstream media. Why is this? Do you agree with that or no? Get bad press. Is there any bad press? I think any press is good press pretty much almost always, if not always, because people are talking about you. Um, influencers are in the spotlight all the time. So if someone does something, and there's a lot of them. So if someone does something stupid, people are definitely going to talk about it. Um, if someone does something great, people talk about that too. So I think that people that are jerks or people that just don't think before they act definitely will consistently see themselves getting negative spotlight. Um, but I don't think any press is bad press really. Okay. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm with that. Do you like Omaha five cards? Do you play that game? Have you ever played it? It's the devil's game, but yes. I don't even want to ask about six cards then. I've heard that. I'm not <laughs> that but what is that? Is that poker at that point? What are we doing at six uh, cards? I just, I just, I, 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 I can never, if I ever try to play that game and you hear me trying to play that game, Jeff, just don't let me. Cause I will have $0 very quickly. Um, 
That's uh, that is that is true, man. The cage uh, went off. It was a uh, the cage I went off in the most and was actually in Omaha event. That was super fun. That that was the one you went the most often. Yeah, it was Omaha. I was like, yeah, that was that was the Omaha, one of the Omaha events. That's yeah, I, played Omaha. One, I played one pot that would have been just that one pot would have been the biggest cage win ever actually in one hand. <laughs> it's so crazy. Omaha, so wild. <laughs> Um, I, I, dude, Omaha, Omaha is a, you know, honestly, I think Omaha, the ain't like I've been playing on party that during the power fest that's going on right now, shout out to party. Gotta give a power fest, big, big online action. Online numbers are up. Yeah, right. There's a yeah. ton, everywhere, every site, they're just huge tournament guarantees and whatever, but the Omaha you know, to come to California and California still happens. So I can play. Right. That's, <laughs> California is the one, but the, uh, uh, the Omaha knockouts are fun. I love that these bounty KO tournaments are just becoming so popular, right? Cause it's kind of cool. You play a 500, a thousand buy-in, you get a quarter buy-in back if you knock one guy out. So it's like kind of varies a little bit. It's, it's fun as well, but that, that's a, that's a fun format. Cause PLO is so like, you know, violent and volatile. It's like cool to get some, uh, the knockouts in there as well. So those are becoming really popular. What's the most times you've entered, uh, re-entered a PLO tournament? Uh, look, next, this is about you, Scott. We're not talking <laughs> I feel like the variants of PLO tournaments would be the scariest well, luckily thing. Ever. They do they have they do put uh they they put restriction on uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it's uh, it, 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 but no, no, they're fun, man. I, I mean, live, I've done the, I think the WSOP, there's been, you know, the reentry stuff for PLO, like they've done some different 1Ks or 1500s. And, you know, I've been to the cage a few times. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sure what, I will be too when I get to. Uh, let's see, someone's asking, are you better player than an entrepreneur or a better businessman than a player? Um, well, I would hope I'm a much better businessman because I'm an awful poker player. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, that answers that. <laughs> I, uh, oh, what is, uh, Oh, someone asking, how does coronavirus affect your business and directly the end game talent? Uh, yeah. So I would say the biggest thing is that clients that typically would be very prompt with payments and stuff might not be as prompt anymore because at the end of the day, when everyone's uncertain on the world, they're a little wary of, um, like they want to hold on to money as long as possible. And some people are withholding money from vendors and at the end of the day, we're not a mega small company, but we still are, you know, 15 or so people. So when we have hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially withheld from us in payments, it can really play an impact on, on how, how our 15 people feel at the end of the day. Um, that being said, it's also like in a weird way, like Twitch is booming, People need different ways to market than they have in the past. So if I do a good job at my job, I should be able to actually bring in more clients right now than I have before. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I think it's one of those situations too, where it's a, if everyone sits back and says, it's not about what happens, how you react to what happens. Like this is not good. Of course, like this is bad for everyone. It's, it's brutal. Everyone's getting, there's really no one where it's like, Oh, this is great. You know, maybe Netflix. Right. And even then it's like, at some point it's like, what are you, what are we talking about? We're talking about people are dying. It's a, yeah, it's a it, 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 it cannot possibly be good enough for any business for it. No, to no, no. Supply chain, everything. everything's yeah. chaos. Um, but the, uh, the, they sort of like, I, I would look at it like black Friday in a way too, where in the moment I saw black Friday as such a negative, like, Oh, I can't play poker from the USA. This is crazy. This is what I was doing. You know, I'm 2011th, April 15th. All of a sudden you know, I started, I was unhealthy. I hadn't been working out. I was done with my, playing, you know, college done with everything. I was just kind of relaxed and just play, eating Chinese, playing beer pong and, and playing cards every day. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know what? 
all right, I'm going to start playing more live poker. I'm going to travel. I'm going to get in good shape. And it was just kind of like what thought to be so bad. It really was like a shakeup. And I hope that's what happens to people that are kind of going through the motions and whatever they're doing. You know, it's like get some time with your family, learn a new language, spend some time, relax, meditate, take this time. And although it looks so chaotic and bad, you know, there's definitely going to be some positives that come out of it if you if you look at it. Dude, we're living through history right now. And I don't think a lot of people get to live through history. And I hope this is the only like true history that I, that I, that I, uh, and I hope I live a long time. I hope it's only like real history moment, historic moment that I lived through on the negative side of things. It's like, it's, it's pretty, pretty scary, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's beyond scary. And, you know, again, we're, we're, we're kind of, it's just a bizarre, it's like, I, you know, we're not experts in it. We, we see the news, we keep an eye on it. You talk to some smart people and, and people that are sort of aware and you start hearing exponential and exponential growth and are not how serious this is. And, you know, kind of uh, a little disappointing that with, seeing what was happening in China, Italy, other countries that with the, we had a little bit of notice, a little bit of a window where it does feel like we could have done more. Um, but again, hopefully this, this comes into a thing where in the future there's policies in place. We get through this, we're stronger, we're more prepared and we're better because honestly, this could even be like, let's say, you know, cause you talk, I don't, again, no one to spend a lot of time with coronavirus, but it's like, you start talking about this and realize like, wow, it's like really affecting elderly people here's the rate here's the that but like this is a virus this could have been anything right it could have been like way worse for everyone like you know so it's just like everyone could or it could be faster more debt like you know the virus we don't get to control what it does and and i think it's like we gotta we gotta realize we're not we are not ready for a potentially you know it's like a threat to mankind these type of things 100 i'll tell you what i hope if anything comes out of this at the minimum is that people take shit like this seriously because living in san diego when i've like had to like go to the grocery store the, the one time I've been out in the past like month. Like right. there was people still going to bars at the time and like people like that were frustrated they couldn't go to their local place to buy a drink. Like and there's still people that, that now they're having to give people citations at the parks because people are still trying to go to the park for go for a jog. And these people are like, well it's not a big deal. It's like no no and you're the problem. Like if you are running out and then hanging out with people and socializing, you are the, a huge part of the problem. So I hope that people learn from this and start taking this shit seriously real soon. That's all I want to say about it, really. It's also exactly, and it's, it's, I think uh, I actually posted an Instagram video of got the, uh, the leader of the defense, I, what's it, the Secretary of Defense of, of Israel, kind of talking about the, one of the bigger problems, too, is like our kids, children, everybody, but interacting, and then they don't know, you don't know you have it excuse me, now you're spreading it, right? That's the problem. Like, you know, you have the, these kids yeah. who aren't affected as much, you maybe not even show symptoms and then they're passing it to the elderly or to people and it, it's very dangerous. So it's like, if we're not all practicing these things, it makes a big difference. One one person can make a big difference and, and uh, help, you know, to slow, to, to to level off the curve here. So yeah. My, bro- uh, my brother-in-law is a doctor in New York right now and he's a, uh, uh, he does, he works in pediatric, but they've closed the entire pediatric ward of his hospital and have working with adults. And that the stories that I'm hearing from my sister are like just super sad. And, and even like you see countries are releasing prisoners. Think about prisons. Think about places where people are jammed in a tight spaces. There's no hygiene and, or, or bad or not. You know, they don't have just readily stuff. It's like at some point you got to be worried about, uh, you know, how, yeah, the hospitals. They're, I heard stories are going through a year supply in one day in, in a lot of hospitals. If you think about that, there's just not, it's the, the supply chain. There's not, there's no, they're mastering. You, you know, doctors are going through 15 masks a day and, and, you know, people, patients. So it's uh yeah, it's a uh, really crazy. Um, okay, no more coronavirus. <laughs> yes. 
Do you have a favorite casino? Favorite casino? Um, no, like wherever the the games are the best. And generally for me, like when I go to the casino, it's like one, like wherever the best game is. And two, um, the, the people that I'm around, I've had good experiences at Aria and Bellagio. I've had great experiences in Costa Rica at a much smaller, much different kind of casino, right? It just like, it's more about the people that I'm around. I honestly am not the biggest fan of being in brick and mortar casinos. Um, right. They're just like a you know a little little bit dirty generally. People aren't the tidiest, and um, I met a few of my closest friends in casinos, but I've also met a lot of people that are just not very wonderful in casinos. So, um, not my not my favorite places in the world right now. I would say right makes sense. I'm with you on that. And uh, we got some other oh nickname Rum Cakes. That was your that's your name your username. Um, you're known as Rum Cakes. What is that? Where does that come from? When I was like 10 or 11, 12 years old or something, I was playing a game called Tribes. I was a little kid. I joined this team called Drinkers and I got on this voice chat named Roger Wilco back in the day. And they were all talking and they were like, Rum, they were like, they were like, uh, my name was Visions. There are actions. They're like, action, say something. So I said something like, wait, how old are you? Because I was squeaking, right? So yeah. uh, I squeaked and they were like, whoa, you're not 21? And I was like, no, guys, I'm 11 years old. And they're like, well, you, you, we don't know if we can have an 11-year-old on team drinkers. That's like kind of unethical. Yeah. Um, and, and my teammates were like vodka and tequila and like Dos Equis and all rum and all of these names. So they like had a team meeting without me there in community. We're like, okay, well, the position you play, no one else wants to play. So we're going to keep you on the team, but you're going to be named rum cake because kids can eat rum cake and there's booze in it when it's cooked. So um, I just kept the name rum cake. And a real short story about that is uh, to 12, 13 years later, after I had played tribes, I sent my first sponsorship proposal to Justin TV for its Gosu, And the response, the only response I got to my entire deck was, is this rum cake from tribes? And the person that read my deck was someone that I played tribes with 12, 13 years ago when we were like 11, 10 years old. Wow. Full circle. Yeah. Crazy. Very, 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 very wild. Uh, do you think Twitch poker is as popular as it was when you first started or let's say when you left, I mean, do you think Twitch has grown like in terms of popularity for poker or is it leveled off where, where do you see it at the moment? Definitely not as much as it was when it was booming. Jason was averaging like 25,000 plus viewers all the time at one point. Um, but I definitely think we're on the right track to getting it back there. And I think we can be much larger than it's ever been very soon with the right work. Very, very interesting. I think you're, you're no question. No one's going to say that you weren't uh, a, a pivotal role and, and it's uh, I don't know. I don't want to say that, that you're saying there's no one specifically at Twitch poker at the moment. Do you feel like that's something they may fill in or they're just going to kind of let ride or, or just uh, hard to say, like, um, what, what do you think the reason is they haven't, they don't have someone doing the role like a specific for Twitch. This is not something anyone at Twitch has internally told me, but my gut would tell me that they are wise enough to know that poker sites need poker on Twitch to succeed more than Twitch needs poker to succeed. Hmm. With that being said, poker sites should be very inclined to commit their resources towards making sure that directory is growing and Twitch shouldn't have to commit very much. And if you have the right internal relationships um, at Twitch, you can be in a position in which you can still, the, the things that, lots of the things that can still be leveraged as an employee can be leveraged from the outside if you have the right relationships. So I think that they probably recognize that people need to, poker needs poker on Twitch to succeed and they should be 
they, they will dedicate more of their resources towards helping to succeed as to where a small video game publisher might, or developer might not be able to. Okay. Uh, do you have an icon in poker? Who's someone you've like looked up to, or maybe when you were coming up, just someone you watched on TV when you were first in poker or someone you know now? Um, do you have, do you, do you feel someone, I, I guess they use the word icon, but do you have an idol or someone that you really respect or just think is like a staple of poker? Sure. So this goes back and forth in lots of different ways, but there was my first start and I thought Phil Helmuth was the man. Then there was a time where I kind of fell on this craze with our, all the uh, guys I thought were the GTO robots that were saying Phil was bad. Um, and now I think Phil is like hands down the goat. Um, no one's, I don't think can ever catch his WSOP results. And what I've learned makes a great poker player is someone that constantly puts themselves in the right games in the right situations. Phil doesn't travel to every big event in Europe and play the hundred Ks because they're freaking hard. Phil constantly puts himself gets gets somehow gets in the best home games probably in the world for right. enormous amounts of money and is constantly putting himself in the right opportunities and every summer shows up and and and, and makes runs at everything it seems like um is, he, is it like the, you know the white magic or you know some of the stuff he does and his ability and reading i think it's like it's fair to say he's not a gto player but he knows what he knows all that like a lot of the stuff well, yeah. what's going on and he is very good at exploiting players maybe the best in his live reads and that stuff it's, it's well the other thing too is like i think there's this interesting philosophy of like how one of the things that drives me nuts when people ask me about poker hands be like well i did this because it's standard and i'm like well if it's standard and most people suck and all the people that suck are doing this thing, which makes it the standard thing. It's probably a bad thing to do. And there's probably a better alternative. Right. And I feel like when I, when you, if you really try to watch what he's doing, when he plays, he might not be doing what all the robots are doing, but that's because everyone's doing it and he does things differently. And people have a hard time adapting to that. Um, I really look up to Nanonoko in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, how much money Randy Lou made playing like one, two and two, four is like absolutely insane. And he like, it was so smart to like, just know his place and where he crushes and then just not get greedy. Like Nanonoko never got greedy and tried to go play everyone at 501 K and just battle Doug and everyone. Cause he knew where he can crush and just kept crushing what he could do. Well, um, uh, I have a kid that was involved in Starcraft with me for a long time that plays cash games full time now. And I look up to him a lot because his work ethic is like insane when it comes to the game, like the amount of time he spends in solvers every week. Yeah, right. is 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 nuts. Uh, a buddy of mine named Chris has works in the space. I'm not going to share his last name, but plays and backs some folks. I really admire him because I see the work ethic and the compassion he has for helping other players grow. Because that's how he makes his the majority of his money. Obviously, is through a stable. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of people in poker I really admire, man. That's yeah. No, there's, there's, there's a ton of people who really do work hard and, and are, are great people in there. What, uh, actually there's a lot of good questions in this. I just want, before I forget, talk about that Twitch event that you put on and you helped at the, the Aria. I got to play in it or actually I ended up doing the commentary because I, I chose, it was, uh, was fun to do, um, with, there was a bunch of, uh, a variety of, of people, streamers. I remember Hafu and I think Mitch Jones and then you know, some other play, Jason was playing and, or we did a commentary uh, that, that ended up getting the crazy. I think it set the record for Twitch poker viewership. It was a hundred thousand dollar. I believe that was a hundred K giveaway or for, for the prize pool uh, or, or something. Well, tell me about that. That was, that ended up being insane. 
we gave away 110k and it was supposed to be a two day long 100k sit and go and we were supposed yeah. to play to three players the first day <laughs> and we were down to three in like 50 minutes <laughs> we were like oh shit <laughs> we didn't do we didn't expect this to happen right, so, like, our yeah. so we were like oh well, let's give away 100k day and 10k more tomorrow so we have two days of content then yeah um, so uh yeah it was really cool man it was super fun event to be a part of and uh it definitely set the twitch poker viewership record i think it was like I don't know what the number was, but it was like 35 to 45 K. Yeah, no, it was more. Yeah, it was a lot. It might have been. Yeah, it was over. It was definitely the record at the time. It may still be. But that was really cool. record. It was also it was also interesting to see that the 10K got close to as many viewers. Right. Kind of showing that the people are, are there. Not necessarily. It's, it's also, um, you know, it shows you like there's guys that stream 20, 30, 50 dollar tournaments on Twitch that are as popular, get as big numbers as the guys streaming the, the high stakes. Right. So it's, it's really community driven based. They like they support their the people they want to watch. And it's not necessarily about how big the prize pool is and whatnot. I thought that was interesting. Sometimes the prize pools get too big and it actually is a bad thing in my opinion because it's unrelatable. Part of someone enjoying a story is because they can relate to the story. And if someone's paying for millions of dollars, it's hard to relate to millions of dollars. But most people can relate to $5,000 or $10,000. And $5,000 or $10,000, I don't care who you are in the world, that is an enormous amount of money. Um, no matter how much money you have, five or 10 K is not, not, not something to joke around about. So I think that, uh, smaller amounts of money sometimes are much more relatable to people and it makes people enjoy it even more. And I also think that's one of the things that makes Twitch so rad is like people watch it for the content creators and the people they want to support more so than they do what they're playing for. Right. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, uh, completely agree with that. What, uh, what's your favorite movie? Quick one. Do you have a off the top of your head one? Oh, I have no idea. I always get stumped on this too. I actually have a go-to, but it's hard. It's hard to even remember. What is your go-to? I would say Shawshank Redemption. That's like one I've watched the most and I just loved it. Just very kind of very. Okay. I have a favorite movie, John Wick. If you want to miss what I watched the most. That's with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is like I, I have such a man crush on Keanu Reeves. I gotta, I gotta watch this because I've heard of this now. You haven't seen John Wick? I honestly never heard of it until maybe four months ago, and I've been told oh about. Oh my it. god, they're all so oh. good. But you gotta watch them in order. You can't watch three. How many are there? Three. They're really good though. Pretty mainstream. I don't remember seeing these like in the theaters or promoted. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're 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 they're, they're big. They're super good, man. It's like uh, they're they're hack and slash movies, but it's like. You just you got to watch and you got to give them like the, a good, the first, you watch the first hour of the first one and you're guaranteed to finish it and you'll watch the rest of the series. I, I will, I will, that is, that is going to be the next movie I watch. I will, I will put that down. I actually told my wife about this a while ago and we didn't watch it. So I'm going to, you know, text me afterwards and be like, and give me your thoughts. Yeah. Well, I, I've heard good things. So I think it's, I'm not too worried. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. I will let you know. Um, what, what inspires you? Um, people seeing people grow and like improve, um, learning, um, just constantly trying to be a better version of myself. Um, there, I'm not going to get into specifics, but there was a point in my life where like, I definitely was making decisions that were not going to make me my best me and focusing and like just trying to be my, the best version of myself I can be for everyone around me. Um, and everyone that's involved in what I'm doing is, is something that I really, really inspires me to constantly be better all the time. Awesome. And you, we see a question here from Chris Matram actually over in Australia. What's up, man? How are you, Chris? Asking, does Scott have a favorite non-poker streamer? Is there anyone that, you know, poker, I don't want to 
you know, you've been working so closely, can't give you put you on the spot like that. It's uh, there's probably too many to choose. But do you have a, someone you like watching when you're if you ever have some free time or just pull up the directory? So I don't work with any influencers with an end game. We have a team that's awesome that handles all of that. Um, but it's probably a bad thing for me to say, but I've just, I'm a, I'm a big Andy Milanakis fan. Like he's like, and not just necessarily as a streamer, like uh, having spent time with him, he's such a rad human being to work with. That guy is so smart. Right. And like the conversations, the conversation that I had with him on the way back from Costa Rica was literally about how blessed we are to have flown and been to as many places as we are. And him telling me that if you've had, it was like two or three international trips, you've technically flown the circumference of the world. And like, just like, like random, like he's just a very smart person that knows lots of random cool things Yeah, and will really blow your mind. Cause you can blow your mind. Cause you can have these like the conversation that's like very serious about how fortunate we are. And then like, he'll say something just dumb and hilarious that just makes you laugh so loud. The people behind you are telling you to shut the hell up basically. So I, I really enjoy being around Andy and uh, his content and stuff. He's just a special human being. He's uh, he's one of those guys too. I, I've, I've watched or pulled up and he just seems like, you know, he's just a real guy just likes to have fun. He's basically like, he's sort of what I envisioned Twitch, right? It's like an original, like Justin TV walking around, you know, he's doing the IRL. He's in Japan. He's in the, he's in the thing, just kind of being himself, almost like oblivious to cameras there, just being whatever and just hanging out and letting you kind of know who he is and what he likes to do. And, and he's you just know Bieber shouted him out a few months ago on Instagram. No. For, Bieber like just made an Instagram post. It was like Andy Milanakis being Andy Milanakis to like his 200 million followers or something. Just like no big deal. That's awesome. And I'm like, Andy, did you see this? Cause my employees were sending it to me and he's like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? what do you mean? That's cool. That's freaking amazing, man. You're so rad. <laughs> that is funny. Um, very, very interesting. Well, actually I, yeah, you're going to have to, I know you're close to him. You do some business or he, I guess he's part, I don't know if he's part of the agency officially or you've done some work with him and, and, and whatnot, but yeah, I would, that would be a great guest to have on. I don't know if he's done podcasts, but yeah, I got, I'm going to have to put you on the spot and make you Scott, you got to get him on the podcast. Help wow. us out here, man. We got to get some Andy today. All right. I love it. Um, let's, let's take a few more, Scott. This is again, very interesting. Even myself who I know you, I would say fairly well and call you a friend. I, I definitely learning some stuff and sort of the trajectory and some of the early early days uh, is very cool. What tell me a little bit about what would you say is the coolest or the most innovative thing you've seen on Twitch since you came there? Like uh, obviously squads is very interesting now, and then I, like you know interactive different kind of feature. Also hosting. I remember when hosting became a thing. Like yeah, it, hosting and raids. So like discoverability yeah. on Twitch is its biggest issue. It's actually pretty trash. Um, it, if you are a new streamer, it is super freaking hard to get noticed. And there's this other weird element of there's literally no solution in the world for a content creator to spend money to market their content on Twitch. Like, like you can't, there's no efficient way to go buy ads for your Twitch stream. Right. And there is in everything else, which is just bizarre that you can't really spend money to advertise something. It's like, I don't know a lot of other industries where you can't spend money to advertise as well. Right. Um, so I, I think hosting and raids are pretty massive because discoverability is horrible and it gives people an opportunity to help people grow. Um, that's probably my favorite one. And, and what do you think about squads now? Squads are cool, man. I'm, I think they're awesome. Anything that's helping with discoverability is 
rad. They've had teams way before squads too, and they're different but similar too to a degree, right? Um, you can still probably find some Twitch team pages. Let's see if I can find one right now, like twitch.tv backslash teams backslash evil geniuses or my EG or whatever. There, there seems like that that exists already. Like you can go find everyone that plays in TSM and is streaming right now and things like that. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it is, it is cool. It's, uh, it's also, like you said, I forget the term. I liked it, how they just kind of try anything, right? It's called experiment. Uh, what's the what's experiment the to decide experiment to decide. That's a, that's a very official and, and cool sounding thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, it, that sounds like a good way to do business. And, and that, is, and, that is not my original idea, <laughs> but that is really rad. It's probably one of the, it's probably if I, if my favorite thing I learned from all of Twitch was probably that. Very cool. Um, someone asked, are you proud of your game? Are you proud of your poker game? Do you feel like you're, would you consider yourself, you know, if, if you were to look at your looking back on your, you don't play as much, but you still play, like, do you feel you're a, a strong poker player? Like, are you think like, yeah, you look at your game and results and your, 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 your history of poker. It's interesting. Um, I've never heard that someone ask it like this, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more proud of my game now than I ever have been, but it's because I know I'm bad. Um, again, I like learning, right? So like, I'm super lucky to have poker friends like you and folks I could talk to on a daily basis. They're just like way better than me. Yeah. And I mean, that's the same for everyone all the way up. Yeah. Like, like I, it's like, even then it's like, I know as well. Like I, you see the guys at the top, top, top or guys doing all the solver work and crazy. Like people, you know, there's different levels of whatever, right? Everyone, there's people yeah. better. And that's, that's what's cool about poker. Cause you can always learn and there's always new stuff and there's always population tendencies, even just change the game changes. How it was six months ago, or a year ago, how you're playing the big, the button is different. Right. So it's like, thing, it's always so I, I'm proud of my game now because I'm learning more when I, when I when I play poker now and I approach it with an open mind. Again, I go back to that time where I was making decisions that weren't necessarily best for me. I definitely thought I was good and was getting an ego. Um, now that I'm, I'm just much more humble in general than I was at that point in my life. And I learn so much every time I play, I'm more proud now than ever because I'm getting more out of it than I used right. to. It makes a ton of sense. I, I would say, yeah, that's, that's a good, that's a good way to, to sum it up. And I think that's important in poker to realize that we always are learning. We're always, we're always getting better and you got to be honest with yourself. You got to be honest about where your game is, what it is and what you know and don't know, because like uh, the reality I is I was so good because I was not a losing poker player because I was winning. But the reality was that there's other people winning so much more and they're so much better that I was beating people in games that were even worse than me. And then you come back to Phil Helmuth, who I said is the goats. Like you look at him. He like is always in the best games like that. I think makes the best poker players. Right. So proud that I'm learning. Um, someone asked here, how are you the creator of Twitch poker? Maybe just elaborate on that. Explain that you are, cause Twitch was there. You came to Twitch. We did cover this in the podcast, but you basically were brought to create, to, to, innovate to bring to light twitch poker so how would you say i literally pitched them the idea and said you should have poker on your platform and that poker is a video game because you're looking at a screen and clicking buttons just like you are when you play starcraft or league of legends just a different kind of game yeah and, and convinced twitch that poker was a video game and they should try something new and then they tasked me to do that and if it hit a certain mark we got to it became a full-time job and it hit a certain mark and it became a full-time job. And so very quickly, the numbers were you had a certain time to get there, what you were aiming for. And it was like instant. Yeah. yeah. It took me like, like a few weeks and it was supposed to take three months. And I remember when they first gave me the numbers, I was like, damn, I really hope I can hit this in three months. This is going to be really hard. It just wasn't right. very well. Boom. Just sunk it. Battleship. I love it. Uh, yeah. The, the, uh, why do you think, 
poker why do you think on mixer other platforms it's not available and is that something that like twitch got grandfathered in or why why are mixer and these other sites not taking a shot with streaming on poker because certain companies just won't take a shot on gambling the cool thing about twitch is that a lot of senior folks at twitch and at amazon actually play cards and i'm not going to say names and who because that's inappropriate but there's a lot of these people at these companies two businesses that actually like poker um my uh, the chairman of Endgame, a guy named John Shipman, who uh, he was very senior at Twitch, um, one of the, like the main three or four or five guys. Um, Ship, uh, he at the end of the day, as a I met him at Twitch in the poker game because he was more on the engineering side in the back end. Um, we were playing a one one game at the office every Friday night, and John was just like a guy in the game, and I literally thought he was just a random engineering manager or someone on the back end, and he was like just the guy that ran all of that stuff basically. Um, right. So there's, there's a lot of poker fans internally there that made them more receptive than other platforms. That's awesome. Is there anyone, any mentor in the in your in the industry or friend, someone growing up or at Twitch or someone that you really just kind of look up to and what they've done in business and sort of, you know, there for you to, to ask questions on your path. Is there anyone in particular? Yeah. My three uh, mentors right now that I lean on the most, or I'll say four, um, John Shibben, who's our chairman is still, you know, someone that I interact with on a work level and also like a personal growth level. Um, we also have, uh, Alan Mazur who actually works here now, despite working for the company that I have the quote unquote stupid title thing in, he's definitely one of my mentors and someone I still lean on for advice. Um, Kevin Lynn, who was CEO of Twitch for a really long time is someone I'll contact on a regular basis. And honestly, when it comes to like life stuff, when I'm like having a rough day, Phil Helmuth has become kind of a mentor too. He's like, Mr. Positivity and Phil Helmuth is the greatest cheerleader of all time. For sure. So when I need like life advice to keep my chin high, if I'm having a tough day, I call Phil and Phil, uh, Phil picks that chin right up real quick. Yeah. I will. It's uh, it is uh, it is very, very, very cool to have, uh, to be a part of this again. I'll, I'll say, you know, it, I have, it's got my backing. I have uh, involvement and been invested in and gained talent right there. So that's uh, Phil Helmuth and I are both big cheerleaders of you, man. We, we both believe in what you do and we both have put our money where our mouth is. And again, I, uh, I would, I would uh, like, everyone to just understand again that you have you've had quite a ride and and there's definitely you have a place in the history of poker and with twitch and what you've been able to do and and help create and and where we're at now so uh i think dude we've covered a ton of stuff really informative i want to give away a 55 dollar party poker ticket courtesy party poker and scott ball today for being on this show so scott i'm gonna let you uh, i know you know all about retweets and giveaways and, and all that i'm gonna let you uh time it on here. So I'm going to go ahead and copy this link. We're going to go over to here and then someone is going to win a $55 ticket when you tell me when. All right. How about right now? Right now we're almost, we almost got it right. It's a little RNG different and we're going to have a winner. I think this is a new winner. I don't believe I've recognized this name before. Mitcha Milich, if I'm pronouncing that right, you have a $55 party poker, uh, uh, ticket coming. So, um, Scott, we're going to go ahead and we will, we'll conclude. Is there any closing statements, anything you want to just that we didn't get to either touch on or just leave the world in this time of kind of chaos, any, any uh, message or anything you want to, you want to say before we close down our podcast, hopefully we'll have you on again in the future, but, uh, anything you want to, you want to close out with? Yeah. Be safe, stay happy. Life is good. We were blessed. That's pretty much it, man.
I, I, listen, there's not much more I'll say than that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, bro, I appreciate it. And we hope to, to chat soon. And, and of course, we'll be working together on some stuff going forward. And uh, appreciate the time. Thanks again, guys. That is Scott Ball from formerly creator of Twitch now, president of Endgame Talent. Scott, thanks again for your time. Cool. Take care, guys. All right. Scott Ball, everyone. We'll see you on another podcast very soon. And uh, again, Guys, this will be up on all the platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, you know, you name it. It's got it. We're there. We'll see you soon. And I hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks for listening to this episode. It was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes.